Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. I'm having some fun talking to Jeannie Chilson from Chilson Motors. And we're talking Ram trucks. And there's an awful lot of pride that goes with the Ram truck owners and the technology and the creators of those Ram trucks. And they have a lot to offer. Absolutely. Ram offers anywhere from a 1500 series all the way up to a 5500 series. So whether you're just towing something around town or you need us to customize it for your business or for your work, we have the Ram experts to do so. Ram trucks are so versatile. You can find them working hard to a night out on the town and they fit right in where wherever they go. Absolutely. Ram has worked very hard to create an interior on their trucks that is really a luxury vehicle in a truck. Excellent layout of seating, appointments, and they have really worked hard on the detail of their trucks to give owners a really comfortable, well-appointed driving experience. Ram really looks out for their customers by creating great value in their truck. Absolutely. Ram offers so many different engine options as well, too, from the diesel to the classic V8 Hemi to the new TRX, which has a lot of horsepower. How can we find out more about Ram trucks? You can visit either of our two showrooms, Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Highway 53 in Chippewa Falls or Chilson's Corner Motors in Cadott at the corner of Highway X and Highway 27. Or you can visit us on the web at chilson.com. Remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. It's a Friday morning at Wax. Nice morning out there to sleep. So what are we doing up doing chores, huh? Bob and Joe with you here at the shank of the day, baby. We've got chores to do. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Tired. But it was a fun tired. Yesterday, of course, we were here doing the show. Then we got on a motor coach, 7.30 yesterday morning, went down to watch the Brewers play an exciting, fun baseball game. And it was just a a great day at Milwaukee Milwaukee County Stadium. It shows you the year I come from. At American Family Field, as the the Brewers and the Cubs got into it and had started out kind of boring, but then it got to be an exciting game. By the end, the Brewers were posting a win yesterday after giving one away the day before and the crowd was happy. A a lot of Cubs fans there as always, so it's always fun to send the Cubs home with their tail between their legs. Well, I think maybe you were just a good luck charm. What do you think? Well, I don't know. I'll go for that. If uh, if that would make it in, I can go to more games. I love American Family Field. I love the atmosphere down there. And uh, they just do a nice job handling the crowd, getting people in. And what a beautiful stadium. And it really is a feather in the cap of Wisconsin. I know I talked to some Cubs fans, and they say, this is such a beautiful stadium. Wrigley Field is old and traditional and, and nice, but this is a whole lot better to watch a baseball game <laughs> in. I mean, everything is better than Wrigley Field, although, again, Wrigley Field is is traditional. One of those, uh, you know, if you have never been there, it's one of one of those bucket list places you want to go. But a great, great time yesterday. Thank you. We had a full bus, a lot of folks uh, with us from around the area. So, again, if you're up in Adam this morning, and if you are, I don't know why, you should still be in bed because it's good sleeping weather. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. The state budget, some of the things that it includes for agriculture. We've got uh, another merger in agricultural businesses we're going to talk about. And a weekend, we got uh, Jackson County, Jill, doesn't have a dairy breakfast anymore. But they, but they're still having activities. What quick rundown of what they're doing Sunday? Well, they celebrate National Ice Cream Month, and how can you go wrong with that? Yeah, that's hard not to. They have Sunday on the farm. They are giving out sun ice cream sundays, milk, cheese curds, grilled cheese sandwiches, and that's hosted by the Lincoln Road Dairy, Nathan and Karen Kling family in Taylor, and that's on Sunday from ten till two. They're going to have balloons by Kevin. They're going to have a kids. Pedal tractor pull registration starts at 11 o'clock. All right, and we'll talk more about that as the day goes along. But again, Sunday, 
They're going to have Sundays on the farm, on the Kling Farm, down there in Taylor. And I think they're going to have a pretty nice day for it. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And a quick check of our weather this morning. Our Skywarn 13 forecast brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. Check out the great selection of new Rams at ChilsonMotors.com. 78, partly cloudy. Should be a beautiful weekend. Upper 70s, low 80s through Sunday. And uh, then maybe Monday and Tuesday, a chance of rain. Temperatures warming up 87 up. Monday and Tuesday about 80, but you don't need the air conditioner right now if you're in Black River Falls and Toma. You're 38 degrees. It's 49 here in Eau Claire. It's a nice Friday morning for the cattle and to be sleeping. All right, it's about a minute after 5. This is 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. Let's get some news. NBC News Radio. I'm Mark Mayfield. The man who fatally shot 23 people and wounded 22 others at a Walmart in Texas is expected to be sentenced in federal court today. Brian Shook reports. Patrick Crucius admitted he targeted Hispanics in the 2019 attack in El Paso using an AK-47-style rifle and hollow-point ammunition. When asked if he was sorry for the massacre, Crucius nodded yes. He pleaded guilty back in February to 90 counts in exchange for a sentence of 90 consecutive life terms. I'm Brian Shook. The U.S. will begin supplying Ukraine with cluster munitions. According to multiple reports, the Pentagon is expected to announce today that President Biden has approved Kyiv's request for the weapons. The move bypasses a U.S. law prohibiting the production, use, or transfer of cluster munitions with a failure rate of more than 1%. It comes as concerns are rising about Ukraine's lagging counteroffensive against dug-in Russian troops and dwindling stocks of Western conventional artillery. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem is slamming Ben and Jerry's for a social media post. Trey Thomas explains. Nome responded to the ice cream company's 4th of July tweet that called for the U.S. to return what it called stolen indigenous land, starting with South Dakota's Mount Rushmore. Well, I'm not going to listen to a bunch of liberal Vermont businessmen who think they know everything about this country and haven't studied our history. Ben and Jerry's has faced backlash from the Post, including calls for a boycott. I'm Trey Thomas. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' presidential campaign says it raised $20 million in 2023's second fundraising quarter. Thursday's announcement comes roughly six weeks after the Republican launched his White House bid in late May. Never Back Down, a political action committee supporting DeSantis' run, says it raked in $130 million since launching back in March. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And that'll be a big one next week over there in Marshfield, so get that on your calendar. As far as our weather is concerned, again, brought to you our Skywarn 13 forecast by the Chilson Automotive Group. And right now, a great selection of new Jeeps on hand. See them at ChilsonMotors.com. Nice weekend. Partly cloudy. Should be a lot of sunshine. Upper 70s, low 80s. And Monday and Tuesday, there's a chance of some scattered rain showers. Temperatures Monday should be warm, about 87. Kind of cool around the area right now. Down in Black River Falls, the corn's not growing. It's only 38 degrees down that area. Rice Lake's 47. Medford's 45. Wausau, 51. Marshfield, a very chilly 49 degrees. Across 55. 57 in Green Bay. 58 in the Madison Sun Prairie area. 64 in Milwaukee. It's 49 right here at our doorstep. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Brent Wink will be in in a little bit this morning talking about the the crops. We're going to talk a lot about the crops today, as a matter of fact. But first of all, the market's on a Friday morning. Brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. And Jill, where are we at in the livestock? Well, choice fed beef steers are 170 to 181 with mixed at 134 to 169. Choice fed beef heifers are 170 to 182 with mixed at 92 to 169. Choice fed Holstein steers are 153 to 162 with select and sludge fed steers 134 to 152. Cows are 85 to 109 with a top of 132. Bulls are 99 to 138. Butcher hogs are 51 to 92 with sows at 48 to 55. Boars are 21 to 29. New crop market lambs are 170 to 202. 
Feeder lambs are 99 to 180. Ewes are 47 to 150. Small goats are 5 to 150. Medium goats are 130 to 255. Large goats are 180 to 400. And nanny goats are 10 to 300. At the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures, cattle or hogs were mixed yesterday. August live cattle closed 174.57, down 37. October finished at 177.42, that was down 45. December live cattle 181.62, down 57. And February at 185.42, down 45 cents. Feeder cattle, August 242.27, down 242. September down 282 at 245.32. October 247.12, down 277. November 24780 down 255 in January at 24635 down 217. Hogs were mixed. Near months were lower. July coming in at 100.05. That's uh, down a dollar 22. August at 9712 down 32. October at 8170 down or excuse me 8170 for October. That's up 115 in December. Hogs 76 dollars even up 25 cents. Board of Trade was mixed in the day trade yesterday. Corn was higher on the June stocks report, but still dry conditions. Beans were lower on a correction from the acreage report among traders and also the, the crop condition. So, again, mixed yesterday. Overnight, mostly lower on the Board of Trade. December corn fell $0.06 cents overnight, sitting at $5 a bushel this morning. Oats at four forty one. December wheat down 13 at six sixty three. November beans down twelve to thirteen cents at thirteen twenty six, and December meal down four dollars and ten cents a ton, three hundred eighty seven dollars and seventy cents. Dairy products went up a little bit yesterday. Barrels up a cent and a half to one thirty five and three quarters. Blocks up a penny at one thirty six and a quarter. Butter up one and a quarter at two forty seven and three quarters. But the class three not going up, going down. July. It happened. We went below fourteen dollars yesterday, down four cents, thirteen ninety seven. August down nine at fourteen thirty seven. September down nineteen at fifteen sixty one. October down sixteen at sixteen sixty. November down a nickel at seventeen thirty five. Mark is brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Nine and a half minutes after five. Forty nine degrees here, thirty eight down in Black River Falls. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. So far, it's been an uneven growing season. Moisture has not blessed all the corn, soybean, and wheat fields around the uh, country in the Midwest. So what does that mean as far as our cropping experience this year and how we manage that crop? We're going to talk about uh, some of those things with Tyler Harp today, fungicide technical product lead for Syngenta. And fungicide is going to be our main topic here, uh, Tyler. That's obviously your area of expertise. And seeing uneven growth and uneven emergence of corn, the beans, even the wheat, what does that say about our thoughts for fungicide application? Does it uh, lessen the importance of fungicides? Absolutely not. I mean, the, the premium fungicides today are completely different than they were even just 10 years ago. The fungicides today have a lot more potential for yield preservation, not only under biotic stress, which is caused by diseases, but also abiotic stress, such as heat and drought. And so we've seen significant and consistent yield improvements in performance, even under dry conditions like what we had in 2020. For those that might remember, 2020 was actually one of the driest years in the Corn Belt that we've had over the last five years, and 2021 was arguably the wettest year if you look at the rainfall, average rainfall against the 100-year average in June through August. And of course, we know that that, you know, July into August rainfall is really critical for for a good crop. So we still have a lot of potential yield out there. Even though we're off to a dry start in some areas, we've got a lot of yield potential. And the best tool available to growers today is a Syngenta plant health fungicide to preserve yield potential in the presence of abiotic or biotic stress. And especially as that corn crop transitions from vegetative to reproductive. Are these fungicides, Tyler, specifically focused now to deal with either biotic or abiotic stresses on the crop? They are. These new ones contain new chemistry, which we call the carboxamide SDHI chemistry. This chemistry is is longer lasting and more potent around this plant health effect that we've associated with the respiration inhibitor kind of chemistry for a long time. 
We've had the strobilin chemistry out there, like azoxystrobin, that has some plant health benefits. And that's a re- the older type respiration inhibitors. The newer ones, the carboxamide SDHI mode of action, is kind of a new generation of plant health chemistry. And we're getting more pronounced, more prolonged plant health benefits. It makes a real big difference in the ability to preserve yield in the presence of these stresses. Here we are now into, well, we're getting into the real crunch time as far as these plants maturing and developing, yield being established here. What about timing of these fungicides? We recommend the best timing for these fungicides. Again, it's about preservation of yield potential, especially during that critical transition in the plant from a vegetative to reproductive stage. So that late vegetative timing, say V10 to V12, up into VTR1, is usually the timing that always gives us the best return on investment, and that's what we recommend. And particularly, if you're going to end up with some tar spot in your field, you want to have that really good premium fungicide at that late vegetative to early reproductive timing to protect that yield in late-season grain fill from tar spot or drought that may come into your field. You know, our results show that there's an 80% of the time that these products are used, you get a profitable return on investment. And about a third of that is 20 bushels or more. So the odds are significantly in the favor of the grower to use these products to preserve yield. And again, at this point in the season, 95% of the full investment has probably been put into those crops. So the best thing you can do is to preserve that investment by using a Syngenta plant health fungicide. And again, that's Tyler Harp with Syngenta, fungicide technical product lead. Uh, So again, as you look at your crops out there, make sure you do everything you can to preserve and uh, make sure that yield is there. And fungicides obviously play a part in that. Again, Tyler Harp with Syngenta. It's quarter after five at Wax, 49 degrees here. It's a cool morning out there, and we've been telling you Black River Falls, Toma, as usual, one of the cooler spots in the area down there in the down there in the hollows, 38 degrees in Black River right now. We'll take a look at some of our farm news coming up right here on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. More coming together in agriculture. Jill, what's that all about? Yeah, another major merger in agriculture is happening. This time it's on the livestock industry. Gen X, a global agricultural cooperative and leader in cattle genetics, Headquartered in Shawano and Genetics Australia, the largest artificial breeding supply cooperative in Australia, finalized a strategic venture to join forces earlier this month. URUS, the parent company of GenX, will be the majority shareholder in this joint venture, while GenX will be the operating partner. The deal lets both groups expand their businesses to offer a wider range of reproductive services to their farmer members around the world. And a newly signed Wisconsin biennial budget for 2023 through 2025 has a lot in it for agriculture. It includes $1 million to help sell Wisconsin farm products to buyers all over the world with a goal of increasing sales of dairy, meat, crops, and most other Wisconsin products by 25% by June of 2026. It also will invest $300,000 a year to increase funding for the Dairy Processor Grant Program by offering grants of up to $50,000 for each processor to expand and upgrade their businesses. The Meat Processor Grant Program will get $1.6 million to grow and improve meat processing across the state with another expenditure of about $1.8 million to meet federal requirements. There is also $100,000 in funding to provide more mental health assistance to farmers and farm families. Also in the budget are more funds for rural road road and bridge improvements, expansion of Broadhead, as well as rural housing assistant grants. Broadhead is a nice town in southern Wisconsin, but we're going to expand broadband in Wisconsin. Sorry. (laughs) Broadband, not Broadhead. (laughs) And Jill found an interesting story here. I want to share that. Talking about the drought, as most of the Corn Belt is in some stage of drought, the latest drought monitor shows how fast that can happen. On Mar- on May 30th, drought coverage was at a three-year low across the country, and it was uh, just five weeks later. 
some form of drought covered 27% of U.S. cropland. The drought monitor now shows about 67% of the corn acres, 60% of soybean acres in some stage of drought across the Midwest. And the uh, extreme to excessive drought is in a lot of states. Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri are the worst. But then in the next category, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Iowa, Texas, Illinois, and Wisconsin. So again, we're we're in the ballpark with that drought. All right, coming up, Farm Technology Days. We're going to get more on that from the man in charge, Arnie Gentleman. Pam had a chance to talk to him, Pam, uh, Pam Yonke, of course. So we'll hear what's uh, going on. Farm Tech Days, not that far away down in Baraboo. We hope to see you there. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, in just a little over a week, we'll be gathering together between Wisconsin Dells and Baraboo for Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And it's going to look a little different than you might have become accustomed this year. Badger's Team and Gas Engine Club grounds between Wisconsin Dells and Baraboo will act as the neutral site for Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. Now, there's some elements that it will add to the show, some elements that will be a little more challenged, like farm tours as well as field demonstrations. I talked about it all with Arnie Jennerman. He is the general manager of Wisconsin Farm Technology Days Incorporated and says the decision to hold the show at the Badger Steaming Gas Engine Club Grounds relates back to the pandemic. So the pandemic, of course, affected everybody, and one of the challenges that Farm Tech had was during the pandemic, it was actually hard to recruit colonies. It was hard to people couldn't meet, and so that was a challenge. Is actually you know finding a county, and as you may, may be aware, it's a it's as they say a thousand day uh, odyssey when a county is chosen for farm technology days, and so uh, it's as this long lead time. And so with that uh, COVID year, that 2020 year, it really put a gap in our recruiting for counties. And so we were really fortunate that some conversations had been had with the Badger Steam and Gas Engine Club. And there have been some discussions over the years, um, even at the behest of exhibitors, to try to have fixed sites. If you look at other shows in other states, most of them have fixed sites. Or they alternate between a couple sites, you know, the Illinois and uh, Iowa show. Um, I think one of the real attractions of our show, though, has always been moving around the state because we have such diverse agriculture and in the geography and all the other things there are to do in Wisconsin really vary as you move around the state. So I think we always uh, think that that's something important to maintain, uh, whether that means a farm at a different place or a venue at a different place. And so uh, part of it, again, was the COVID uh, issue, but also the other part was trying to find a venue that we could perhaps come back to periodically uh, as, as we host shows. Now, you have talked with the Badger Steam and Gas Engine Club Grounds and come to an agreement. What were some of the priority items that you had to rethink through, Arnie, and the board, your kind of, shall we say, must-haves? Well, one of the challenges, uh, our show is run by volunteers, and that continues to be the case, whether it's a county show or a show like the one here. And so we really need to be able to tap into the local community and get support uh, from the ag agencies, uh, from the charitable organizations, and, of course, from the club. And so one of the things we were looking for was the show should be good for Farm Tech, but also good for the club. We want this to be a positive experience for the club because they are, uh, uh, you know, putting this beautiful facility, making it available to us, and they have their event coming up in only four short weeks after us, or about a month later, and so we really want to uh, lead the facility in good shape for them uh, going forward, but I think they also saw the opportunity of introducing more people to what they do here by coming to our show, so I think there's some synergy in in us working with them, and of course, they've done a lot here to improve the grounds, and and uh, having uh, our show helps them with resources yeah. to be able to continue to do that. They always they have plans to keep building uh, building on what they have here. So, so we really think that uh, it had to be a good opportunity for both us and for them. Uh, as I said, finding volunteers was really important. I think this area, having an area we hadn't been to for a while, and this area we haven't been here for a few years. So I think that was uh, also something that uh, we wanted to look at. Uh, the size of the facility, you know, we could—it's a little bit non-traditional, 
Uh, we usually go on a hay field, and so we have a lot of flexibility. Uh, so here we have to work with the facility the way it's laid out, but it's actually laid out quite well. The, one of the things I think visitors will appreciate is how close in the parking is, yeah. as opposed to what you typically see as we park around Tent City. So the parking is very handy here. The show will be, uh, Tent City will be a little more elongated than square, and that may have some benefit as well in terms of mobility around the site. Yeah. We are going to run trams around the perimeter okay. uh, so people can get on and get off. And really hoping that uh, the layout uh, encourages people to see the whole show. That's always a challenge yeah. with the show. Is uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's just so much to see in one day. Uh, and that, I guess, brings us to one other, uh, one other uh, opportunity we were looking at with a show here. There is... Uh, the, the tradition for the show is when people come for a day. Yeah. And you know, maybe that goes back to the days when whatever you did on the farm, you did between milkings. Yeah. Right? Uh, so people came to the show and they spent one day and they headed home. There's just more to see here than you could cover in a day. And so what we're hoping with all the other attractions in the area, the Dells and Baraboo, that more people will make it a family event and come and, and stay over, you know, experience the Dells. Uh, but come to the show more than one day. Mm. And so uh, we'll, we'll see how that works out. But that's always been a goal uh, to try to get people to, you know, it's good for exhibitors, it's good for the area, but to have more people that come and stay for more than one day. Excellent. Uh, we also, our tours facilitate that too, because if you want to see more of our tours, you got to come back. Right, right. So yeah, the that's tours exactly. going to be different each day. Right, right. Two per Two different locations each day, but like you said, different. The youth aspect is really emphasized not only in some of the special educational displays, but also youth are not going to miss out on the financial opportunities here either. No, in terms of, uh, we, uh, and that's one of the features, as I said earlier, is uh, we always look for volunteers to run the show, and a lot of that money goes back into the community, and we're doing the same thing here. So we're... Uh, working with volunteer organizations, and we're sharing the revenue from the show with those organizations that provide volunteers. So so that model continues uh, here as it has in other county uh, county venues. So we're going to continue to do that, too. And then speaking to youth, uh, that we really think this ag adventure will be a great feature of the show, uh, trying to get uh, youth to see the various uh, uh, technologies that will be on display here, the drones, the uh, cattle herding, uh, I think that'll be a great uh, feature of the show, and um, you know, it, it'll be kind of immersive in some ways. And yeah. you, you can go through that uh, exhibit and see what's in your soil, uh, all the organisms in your soil. So I think it'll be a great opportunity for youth uh, to participate in that. Again, Arnie Jennerman's along with us, General Manager of Wisconsin Farm Technology Days Incorporated. Now let's talk and remind people you're financially held accountable to your board. Was there anxiety, Arnie, about this new business model, regardless of whether your hand was forced or not? Uh, let's talk a little bit about the financial side that you've got to monitor with your board members. So uh, we're a non-for-profit organization, but um, anybody that works in a non-for-profit recognizes that's a bit of a misnomer because you still have to make the numbers balance at the end of the day. You have to generate enough revenue to cover your expenses. Uh, we're not necessarily trying to make profits, but we do need to have money to sustain the show. And one of the things that's different about this show is we're fronting a lot of the investment, and that's a, a very big change. Historically, the county shows were largely funded by the counties. They went and raised money. Uh, in this case, it's farm tech money going into making the arrangements for this show. And so that's a very different model from a risk, risk perspective. Um, so we think it can work. We've gone through the numbers. Uh, I think we're a little ahead of where we expected to be as far as uh, expenditures for this show. But it is a change. It's a, it's a major change for us. And, and again, that's Arnie Jennerman, who is the uh, man in charge of Farm Technology Days down at Wisconsin Farm Tech Incorporated down there in uh, southern Wisconsin. But again, that show, July 18th, 19th, and 20th, It'll be a good show down at the Badger Steam and Gas Engine Club. We're talking more about that. Yesterday you heard about some of the tours, the off-site tours, going to some farms, dairy and beef, and uh, a lot of non-elite places like the Dairy Forage Research Center, which is right there, part of the old Badger Army Ammunition Plant, Ordnance Plant down there. So, again, July 18th, 
19th and 20th. That will be Farm Technology Days in uh, Baraboo. They don't say in Sauk County or anything like that. It'll be down in the Baraboo area because it's not hosted by a county this year. But we all know next year it'll be hosted by a county, and that's Chippewa County. It'll be an August show next year in 2024 at the Country Fest site. So, again, make uh, sure you got your, your ducks in a row as far as Farm Tech Days is concerned. Today, this week, rather, this year, down in the Baraboo area, still a July show, 18, 19, and 20. And next year, it'll be an August show in Chippewa County. 29 minutes before 6 o'clock on a Friday morning. Let's see what else is going around here in the area. And for that, Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom, taking a look at the news. Good morning. We're going to welcome to Friday. Good morning. We begin with an update and a search that continues in Sauk County nearly a month after a 13-year-old headed into Devil's Lake State Park and disappeared. The Sauk County Sheriff's Office yesterday said 13-year-old James Yablonski continues to be listed as missing, and the search for him hasn't ended. Yablonski's dad said James might be trying to live in the woods as a survival mission. Deputies and others spent a week straight last month searching the woods for Yablonski and found some evidence that he was camping. Since then, deputies say they've gotten reports of people seeing him, but they all came too late to follow up on. Sheriff says the case remains open. Well, it could be wheeling and dealing for a smaller wheel tax. Eau Claire leaders trying again. City Council scheduled to vote next week on a $24 wheel tax that would be earmarked for roads. The last attempt at that wheel tax ended in failure with a deadlock on the City Council. The hope is that by dropping that a bit to $24 from 30 City Council members may find that um, easier to pass. City Council member Andrew Worthman saying that smaller wheel tax will cover just about a quarter of Eau Claire's road needs. We'll take a peek at the state level while we're talking taxes. We uh, opened the debate up a little bit. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss says Governor Tony Evers overstepped his authority with a partial veto on the state budget. It clearly wasn't the intent of anyone in the legislature to have a property tax increase for 400 years and that's why perhaps someone will sue and maybe if we have a fair Supreme Court they would follow the precedent that has been established for decades to say a governor doesn't have that power. Speaking on the Jay Weber show, WISN's up front, the Democratic governor deleted a hyphen and a 20 from a reference to the 2024-25 school year. Now, the increase of $325 per student is the highest single-year increase in K-12 revenue limits in our state's history. Continuing in headlines that bring us closer to our area, Governor Tony Evers taking a budget victory lap in western Wisconsin as we show you those different sides so you can decide. Governor Evers stopping in Chippewa Falls at the Boys and Girls Club, saying his budget will help all sorts of groups like the Boys and Girls Club as the governor did sign that new two-year $99 billion state budget on Wednesday. And if you're looking for a sweet treat on a hot day, Bluebell releases a new flavor of ice cream to celebrate National Ice Cream Month. Monster Cookie Dough Ice Cream has vanilla ice cream, brown sugar chunks, and candy-coated chocolate morsels, peanut butter cookie dough pieces. Oh, and there's more, those dark chocolate chunks, too. It was President Ronald Reagan who gave July the title of National Ice Cream Month in 1984, also designated the third Sunday of July as National Ice Cream day a couple of good reasons to dip into that but of course it's always national ice cream day here because we like to celebrate dairy and you can't get that unless you do the chores first and we do head back to the barn with bob Wolsold, joe welke and your midwest farm report on wax 104.5 all right thank you morgan you have a good weekend speaking of ice cream don't forget this sunday ice cream month we're into july it's a sunday s-u-n-d-a-e on the farm That'll be at the Nathan and Karen Kling Farm in the Taylor area Sunday from 10 until 2. Ice cream sundaes, milk, cheese curds, grilled cheese sandwiches, free will donations. So you're all invited. Come and meet Jackson County's Ferris to the Fair. Lots of other things going on, too, at the Kling Farm this Sunday. It's Sunday on the farm. But right now, it's Friday on the farm show. Let's find out what kind of weather we're going to have for Sunday on the farm and horse pulls and all kinds of other things. Darren Allman from over at Skywarn 13 is with us. Good morning, my boy. Good morning, Bob. That's a good, fresh morning. I'll tell you one thing. If you got the windows open down in Black River Falls, you better, you better stay <laughs> close to Mama to stay warm. Oh, I know it. It does not feel like a July uh, morning whatsoever down there. They are starting out into the upper 30s, but luckily we are going to recover quite nicely throughout the day. We'll start out with some sunshine, but clouds are going to be gradually increasing into this afternoon. 
that high temperature working up to around 78 right here in Eau Claire. Otherwise, for tonight, turning mostly to partly cloudy. We do have a small chance of a stray shower, especially early on, our low temperature into the mid-50s. Otherwise, as we do start out the weekend here, we are looking at a mix of sun and clouds tomorrow, a slight chance of a stray shower or storm. Temperatures once again back into the upper 70s. And then, yes, on Sunday, we are looking at some beautiful weather, a mostly sunny sky, and those temperatures right around normal into the low 80s. Right now in Eau Claire, it's a cool 49 degrees. I'm Skywarn 13 meteorologist Derek Dahlman. Derek, what do you got planned for the weekend? Big things? Um, I think we're going to go to a state park and do some hiking uh, as a good family. And uh, outside of that, just kind of relaxing. Well, good for you. Yeah, well, how about you? Well, I'm gonna, we're going to have a family 4th of July celebration this weekend. Our family is a little slow, so it <laughs> takes us a while to catch up. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> hey, what uh, Monday, what are the chances of rain? How good an opportunity might we have again? Uh, we have a slight chance. I'm not very impressed uh, right now. There is going to be a front moving through, but right now it seems like moisture is limited, and there's still some timing differences as when uh, that cold front actually moves through, so we'll just have to keep an eye on it. We will do it. Wear comfortable shoes. We'll talk to you later. Yep, sounds good. There you go. Derek Dahlman over there at Skywarn 13 looking at our weather on wax this morning. Again, as he said, 49 degrees, but it'll warm up to a very pleasant 78 today. And we're right now about 22 minutes, 23 minutes, something like that, before 6 (laughs) o'clock. Who cares this time of the morning? The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We got some calendar to look at, but uh, one last quick news story. Wisconsin is getting more federal funds to expand our broadband across the state. Senator Tammy Baldwin has announced just over $1 billion coming here through the Broadband Equity Access and Deployment Program. The money will come in two stages, the first 20% expected next summer, the remaining 80% getting here in 2025. And it's interesting, the state is in charge of administering that money. All right, Jill, I just talked about uh, Sunday on the farm at the Kling Farm down the Taylor area. Again, that's from 10 until 2, so again, that looks like a lot of fun as always. What else is going on? Well, the Wisconsin Horse Pullers Association is having a pull today up in Turtle Lake. That's at 6 o'clock tonight. And the Midwest Farmers Horse Pulling Association is having a pull tomorrow, that's Saturday at 1 o'clock, at the Joe and Carla Johnson in Boyceville. And the Olson Tractor Restoration 5th Annual Antique Tractor Show and Farm Toy Show is today and tomorrow from 9 till 4 both days, and that's oh in Elmwood, Olson Tractor in Elmwood, and we've got the starting today and going through Saturday or Sunday. We've got the Blue Hills Fest in Bruce. It's at the Village Park Friday four to ten, and Saturday seven till ten, and Sunday nine till four thirty. And we also have the Spooner Rodeo. They had their first show last night at seven thirty. They're sold out for. Saturday night, so if you want to go, you need to go up to Spooner tonight. Yeah, and a lot of other activities going on around the rodeo. There's always a parade tomorrow and uh, church service on Sunday, and after the rodeo, they got musical entertainment for your dancing pleasure. So again, lots of things going on around the area. As far as the uh, town festivals, I haven't seen a list. You know, it's this time of the year, every town has a festival. Every weekend. I'm not sure who it is this weekend. I haven't seen a list, but... Uh, Needless to say, there's a lot going on around the area, so uh, get out and enjoy some of the many good things we have happening. It's summertime in Wisconsin, and that's a good time. We were on the bus to Milwaukee yesterday, went down to the Brewers game, of course, and uh, Miss Baraboo Implement was with us. <laughs> she, she's a, she said, I am a Baraboo. I said, well, that's good. Did you enjoy the ball game? Yes, enjoyed it a lot. So, uh, again, a lot of good folks were with us on the bus to Milwaukee. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And, of course, there's always something to do for farmers to nominate somebody or fill out a survey or do something What's the what's the latest, Jill? Well, the Farm Service Agency is now accepting nominations for farmers and ranchers to serve on local county committees, and that's uh, uh, they're accepting them through August first, 
and you have to be part of doing some of those county or the FSA programs to be able to be on that committee. And every year, one-third of the county is up for election. There are three people on that board. You serve a three-year term, and it's a three-year rotation. So one-third of the county. So if you're you're in that one-third of the county that's up for election this year, make sure you uh, well, nominate someone to serve on the county committees, very important committees for the Farm Service Agency. So, again, that's coming up. You have until August 1st to nominate someone in your part of the county. If your part of the county is up, for election. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's about 16 minutes before 6 o'clock. It's 49 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Jim Lindsay and Equity Altoona. Choice beef steers neffers dollar forty five to a dollar seventy six. Choice dairy cross steers neffers dollar forty five to a dollar sixty six. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers dollar fifty to a dollar fifty eight. Choice Holstein steers dollar thirty nine to a dollar forty nine. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers dollar thirty eight and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from a dollar two to a dollar twenty four. We had a top of a dollar twenty seven. Sixty percent of the cows sold from seventy one to a dollar one. Bottom 20% of the cows sold from 70 and down. Cull bulls sold from 95 to $1.15. We have a top of $1.16 and a half. Thin full horn and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95 pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 200 to $330 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $200 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from 275 to $635 per head. Sows on Thursday sold from 35 to 41, and boars sold from 12 to 17. Our next special feeder sale will be Friday, July 7th, starting at noon. We are expecting around 200 to 250 head of beef and Holstein feeders for that sale. We also have some cow-calf pairs and some bred beef cows. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104 to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. About 14 minutes before 6 o'clock. It's a Friday. Let's get over to the Equity Stratford sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald. Well, you got your uh, cooler packed. Where are you going this weekend? Well, not too far. From about here out to the hayfield. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you're the main raker, huh? Yeah, I guess so. But it, uh, we're going to have a nice weekend for making hay, so we'll get at. We'll have to get at that later on this morning. But it's a nice, cool morning, though. I don't know. I should sneak back to bed and take a little nap, but I guess that's not in the cards for today. So. Well, whatever. If you can, more power to you. But to wrap up the week over at Stratford for us. I'll certainly do that. <clears throat> Bob, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. Summary from yesterday, Thursday, and this past week here at Equity Stratford. Uh, we did have the three sales this week. Uh, on the cow market this week, a fully steady trend on the cows here. High-yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows this past week here in Stratford were selling from 103 to 123. Extreme top in the cows did reach 126.5. Most of the cows this week selling between 82 and 102. Thinner cows, plainer light carcass cows below 78. Both trade this week, your better quality bulls are selling from 114 to 125. Lighter weight bulls, 112 and below. Fed cattle trade, uh, choice grading Holstein steers are mostly from uh, 142 to 156. Select underfinished cattle, 138 and below. Um, no organics this week. Uh, we'll sell those next week as we were closed, of course, on July 4th. Anyway, now in the calf market, good quality Holstein bull calves weighing uh, 90 to 130 pounds, selling mostly from 150 to 300 with an extreme top at 340 on the bull calves. Heifer calves this week, mostly from 50 to 140. Uh, good quality beef calves, 300 to 600, uh, a weekly top on those at 660. And uh, we'll just take a peek at the sales schedule next week here at Equity Stratford. Full marketing week, uh, back to normal four-day schedule next week, including the next, uh, next sale will be, of course, on Monday. Our next hay auction will be next Tuesday, along with our next dairy auction also next Tuesday. And as I mentioned, uh, because of Tuesday sale next week, we will be selling organic cattle next Tuesday. Our next feeder cattle sale will be next Wednesday at 1230. So, again, we've got... Cattle to consign any one of these auctions, certainly let us know. 687-4101 is our phone number. So, Bob, that's what we have for you. You enjoy the weekend. Looks like it's going to be a nice one. Uh, and uh, 
Well, uh, interesting ball game, but at least it came home with a win. Yep, we were down there, had a lot of fun, and we uh, enjoyed a very exciting ball game. And like we said earlier, it's always nice to send Cubs home unhappy. That Did they? Uh, were Big. you able to uh, get an allowance from Wax so you could have a couple lineys or something, or don't you want to buy beer at the stadium? <laughs> oh heavens, no! I've got a limit on my expense account. It uh, can't go. $12 a beer isn't in it, <laughs> that's for sure. Hey, you have oh. a good weekend. We'll talk to you later. You betcha, Bob. You and Jill have a nice weekend, and thank you much. There you go. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn as a busy July continues. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Brent Wink is here. We'll hear what Brent's got to say about the progress of the crops this week at our Winfield United Land the Lakes uh, covering the crop program. But first of all, the rest of our markets uh, on the board yesterday. Corn was higher on that June stocks report, but uh, still some dry weather pushed prices higher, about six cents higher. Beans were down, a correction from the acreage report. A lot of concern about uh, not as many beans as they thought and the crop condition. Overnight, though, December corn gave back six cents, sitting at $5 a bushel. The oats at four forty-one. December wheat down 13 663. November soybeans down 12 to 13 to 13.26 and meal for the December contract down $4.10 a ton at $387.70. And on our DTN screen this morning, we're looking at country elevator prices. Jill, what do they show around the area? Northside elevator, loyal location, corns at 507 with soybeans at 1447. In Arcadia, corns at 507 with soybeans at 1480. Wheat and grain in Chippewa Falls and Connorsville location, corns at 505 with soybeans at 1448. And uh, some of the other elevators around the area at Golden Plump today, corn is 526 a bushel. At Baldwin, 458 and 1427. In Durand and Mondovi, same prices, corn 14, uh, 458 and beans at 1427. Elmwood has a corn at 468, their beans at 1427. Fall Creek four forty eight for the corn fourteen seventeen on the beans Osseo is four sixty eight and the soybeans at fourteen thirty two Elk Mound corn five oh one the beans at fourteen forty Sparta five thirteen and fourteen fifty nine Ellsworth corn four forty eight beans fourteen oh seven ethanol plants today Boyceville corn five twenty three Stanley four ninety eight Richmond four ninety three barrel cheese up a cent and a half one thirty five and three quarters the blocks up a penny at one thirty six and a quarter. Butter up a cent and a quarter at two forty-seven and three quarters. Class three, we knew it was coming. July went below fourteen dollars yesterday, down four cents, thirteen ninety-seven. August down nine at fourteen thirty-seven. September down nineteen at fifteen sixty-one. October down sixteen at sixteen sixty. November down a nickel at seventeen thirty-five. Well, I think he's got better news than the dairy markets, and that's Brent Wink over there. at... On our Winfield United covering the crops program, Land of Lakes, it doesn't take much, does it, to have better news in the dairy markets? No, that's kind of a amazing fall, what the last yeah. 12 months have done very with that dis- market. Very disappointing, that's for sure, especially what's going on overall in the industry. I mean, you hear about dumping milk, and it just uh, goes against the grain of producing, that's for sure. A- well, absolutely. let's talk about uh, the crops. Yeah. You got some rain over west. Finally. Yeah. You know, a lot of the area did see some rain, and we had been in a really, really tough spot for a long time over in parts of St. Croix County. And uh, that rain, I think between Monday and Tuesday, we must have gotten a couple of inches. Boy, it changed it overnight. Isn't that something how that corn, even the beans, I mean, the corn turned deep, deep green, but the beans kind of perked up. There were some, and there still are, but uh, really and truly, it really perked the beans up. Yes, absolutely. It kind of woke things up, and that was kind of the direction I was going to go this morning. It was kind of all about soybeans. Uh, you know, when we look at what's going on right now in the crops, that rain certainly perked up those soybeans. We've got those things kind of waking back up, and just some things to kind of monitor over the next few weeks in soybeans. Along with that crop, we've got some weeds that are kind of waking back up. So certainly if your beans haven't canopied yet, uh, doing some last-minute scouting for weeds, and if there's some things you've got to clean up. Then uh, uh, probably about a week ago, down in southern Wisconsin, our state agronomist started finding some soybean aphids in areas down in those fields. So we kind of started doing some looking up around here, found a few pockets. Now, we haven't had a lot of soybean aphids for a few years now, maybe some pockets here and there. Uh, soybean aphids really 
love dry weather and soybeans. So we'll see what this rain has done to Boy, them. Boy, like a picnic for them earlier. It, it was. You know, it. Uh, that's exactly what they love. They expand really, really fast. So when you do find infestations, they can just blow up. So we did find a, a few areas up here that, uh, you know, we'll continue to monitor. There's different thresholds at whatever rate that is. So as you're walking fields, your agronomist can kind of help with that, but they're they're kind of a uh, a sucking uh, bug on those plants, on the underside of the leaves or the stems uh, to kind of look out for in in the soybeans. So as we're scouting fields, we've got our late season weeds possibly, the soybean aphids. You know, this morning, guys, kind of as you're looking, you've got cool and dewy conditions. And actually, when you look at what favors white mold in soybean fields, it is exactly this. And usually our infestations happen about this time of year for white mold. They don't show up until, you know, later in July, first few weeks in August. But cool, wet conditions are best for white mold. Temperatures around 75 degrees. Uh, it still can persist in temperatures as high as 90 degrees. So while it was nice and cool waking up this morning, you know, we're kind of in that point where you got really, really heavy dew in the canopy of these fields, cooler temperatures. So hopefully that helps us with our aphid pressures, but that might end up uh, presenting some other issues with white mold uh, in the field. So if you have history of white mold in fields, again, that maybe is something to, to kind of consider and to look at uh, possibly making some applications. I know earlier at uh, the 510 segment, you had the agronomist on from Syngenta. He did an excellent job of talking about fungicides uh, really, that was kind of one of the messages, too, to the, the agronomist this week. When we look at soybean fungicide applications, we're looking for uh, what we call R2 to R3, reproductive stage. And we're really, we're looking for a pod that's three-sixteenths of an inch long in the upper four nodes of a soybean plant. When we start finding a three-sixteenths of an inch pod or longer, in those one of those upper foremost nodes on a soybean plant, that's that ideal time for fungicide applications. So again, just work with your agronomist. There's a lot of things going on that uh, we certainly still can have an impact on yield or preserving yield on our soybean fields. So make sure that you get out, do some scouting. Might want to wait for the dew to wear off. Nothing worse <laughs> than uh, wet boots and wet pants yeah. as you're walking. You walking wanna, through those fields. Don't want to have to wear waders out in your soybean Yeah, field. so the, hey, the mid-morning. Those aphids, uh, are they easy to see if you turn the leaves they over? Are. They're they actually, like they're, uh, they're a light. Nope, they stay attached okay. to it. Uh, they're almost like a lime green wood tick. You know, you can't really, they don't fall off very easy. Uh, they'll be kind of clustered. And, I mean, if you find the spot where they first come into the field, it's not uncommon to find thousands of them oh on some plants in the areas that were first infested. So lime green, very easy to see, even with uh, old eyes like mine. <laughs> uh, you can still get out there and find that. So. All right. Sounds good. Camping this weekend? You know, I might sneak up there. We'll see. Looks like a good weekend for you. Yeah. A little cooler. Did you get wet cooler. on the 4th? Uh, we, were, we did. We got uh, rain up at our campground, rain back at home. But it waited till kind of the weekend was over, so that was kind of nice. Yeah. Did you get any fireworks in it? You know, I don't think I did. I uh, you missed didn't out. It should have been around my neighborhood. It sounded like World War Three. Mortars going off. Yeah, kind of all week. I'm sure you could probably find yeah. fireworks somewhere. But oh, no, yeah. I missed out this year. All right. Well, there's always next year. Yeah, you enjoy your <laughs> be, uh, late Fourth of July celebration. Yep. In the Bosold we'll uh, residence. We'll get her done. Thanks, Brent. You bet. Take care. All right. Brent Wink with us again on our Covering the Crops program brought to you by Winfield United Ag Division of Land Lakes. 49 degrees right now. It'll be a nice day today. 78 by Sunday. It'll be about 83. Maybe some rain Tuesday and Monday, but uh, don't hold your fingers. Don't cross your fingers too much. 49 right now. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.